Spotlight on, baby. Spotlight on. Right, Eric? No. No? But, Eric, I thought that we were going to do the spotlight tonight. It's fucking nonsense. I nonsense. hate everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> why are you laughing at me, Eric? What? Why, why are you laughing? Ah, uh, yes. It's just me tonight, guys. Uh, Eric cannot be with us tonight. I don't know that Jess paid his, his internet bill. I actually think that's what happened. <laughs> he has not been online for a couple days, and uh, his internet will be back on tomorrow which would be friday night so he cannot be here with the spotlight on so it ended up uh me calling or getting a hold of reggie and we were gonna and then his computer crashed so he couldn't do it and then me and brandon were gonna talk about he-man for this and his uh skype didn't work so we couldn't do that as well so you're stuck with me for the spotlight uh, I don't know how much that's going to go over well. I, I really don't think it's going to be that great. Just me. Just me. I, I hope that you enjoy this. It's going to be very short. And I will tell you right now, whatever I do talk about, uh, which will be Midnight or an Apollo number one, uh, for the regular podcast that comes out Sunday night, we'll probably just talk about it. Me and Eric will talk about it again. So this spotlight is just for the spotlight. Thank goodness. But yeah, this is the spotlight for the week of October 5th, 2016. Uh, we are the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. We have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where you can go and read all of our reviews for every DC comic that comes out every week. And also, I want to just say right away that there's been a, a little bit of controversy. We keep saying on the regular podcast how we're going to end the podcast at episode 100. And I want to announce... That is true. No, it isn't. But that was a joke that I had been saying for probably over a year. I don't know. Eric started picking it up with me, and then people started believing it. So this week, after last week's podcast, I even thought to myself, like, what are we doing? Why are we saying this sort of thing and making it, you know, ridiculous? And then Eric had thought the same thing. So leading up to this week's podcast, we were talking all week about you know, we better get on and say that that's not the case. We don't want people bailing. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, and in the meantime, people started asking us on Twitter and emails, Was were we really going to end at episode 100? And no, we're not. It's our lot in life. We're just going to keep on rolling. Keep on rolling, rolling, rolling. But yeah, you can look us up on Twitter at Weird Science DC. Talk to me. Don't talk to Eric. Nobody wants to talk to Eric. Actually, he, you can't now because he's not online. He is, he's gone dark over there. I, I don't even know what he's doing. I didn't go to work today. I went to Amish country today and went to a huge buffet and fed my face like there was no way. It was the best. Just shoving food in my fucking gullet with my son, Rafe. We ate and ate, and it was funny because we're in Amish country, so everybody's a lot nicer there than in the Philadelphia area, I'll tell you. And my son went to the bathroom, Rafe went to the bathroom, and he came back and he's like, Dad, you know why I know that it's a nicer place around here? I said, why? He's like, the, ba the bathroom graffiti, when people write in the bathroom, there were two things he saw. One was, I love my grandpa, and the other was, for a good time, read the Bible. And I said, we're, we're in a freaking brave new world here. I don't know, freaking Amish country. Those people, you know, they love their grandpas and they love that Bible. But it was funny. And I actually thought he was lying. So he told me where he had gone in. I went in. 
sure enough, there it was. I saw I love my grand, grandpa. I actually took a picture of it and sent it to Reggie and Brandon to, as a joke. But, yeah, we are, uh, like I said, we're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. We're also on Facebook. You can like us at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at podbean.com. And we'd appreciate it if you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you download it. You can also email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And I say that because we will read everything. Our regular podcast, if you haven't listened to the 80-hour podcast that comes out once a week, you uh, will find out if you do listen to it, which we'd appreciate it, that we do read a lot of mail. We get a lot of mail. We read every piece of mail. And we have to break it up into sections because there's so many. But I'm saying all this because... We got uh, somebody who emailed uh, something, and I usually don't read mail during the spotlight, but I'm going to because it's uh, very relevant. And this is from Guy. And Guy says, Hi, Jim. Not Eric, which is good. He's not here. I've been moved to write after attempting to read Batman issue 8, part 4 of Night of the Monster Men. Christ, I hated it. After three pages, I had to hold back from throwing my super 12 inch Samsung Tab Pro. He's like, Samsung. <laughs> It's like an ad uh, against the wall. I use my 12-inch Samsung Tab Pro. Ooh-wee. Guy is a fancy fella. Uh, do you know if Steve Orlando is a native English speaker, at least as native as an American can be? I believe he is. His dialogue reads like it has been processed several times by Google Translate via Braille. I agree. DC just gave this man JLA which is final proof that DC hates all versions of Justice League. Brian Hitch and Steve Orlando. Now there's a crossover I hope to never see. Hey, I like the Justice League a little bit more this week. And they made him exclusive. Fuck. Thanks for the hard work. I'm doing the best podcast going. Eric is quite good, too. All the best. Guy. That is from Guy. And why I brought this up is we are going to, or we, I'm going to talk about Midnight or Apollo number one, but I will agree with Guy. The thing that Steve Orlando has trouble with, to me, is dialogue. And the dialogue, it's often very heavy-handed. It's also dialogue that just doesn't seem natural for somebody to say. And I had said this in the original Steve Orlando Midnighter series that got canceled right before Rebirth, that when his dialogue, when it was bad, it went bad, real bad. And if you said it out loud and really spoke the dialogue, you would realize how bad it is. This is not a natural-sounding dialogue that he tends to give. And where I would have fun is anytime an issue would come in, I would read it out loud to Eric at work. So during our break, I'd do this little play-by-play, you know, little play-acting. And you just as you say it and you hear it spoken out loud, it is not a natural-sounding dialogue. And he t- the, the thing is, when we get to the book, it's more – it's not Midnighter. Midnighter himself can be this over-the-top guy. It's the other people that tend to talk just like him. And the problem being is that seems to be Steve Orlando's way of writing dialogue. Now, I will tell you – that I think his dialogue has been better in Supergirl. And I actually think it's been better in The Night of the Monster Men. That's what's funny, is Guy hates the dialogue in The Night of the Monster Men. He should go back and read that original uh, Midnighter series right before Rebirth, because, boy, there is a lot of just phrases like, I'm going to ask you the fist questions. I'm going to go press the flesh. And, and in this Midnighter Apollo number one, it starts off with that as well, which I really thought 
was going to lead to a really bad issue, but I was surprised by the end. But I might as well get into it with Midnighter and Apollo number one. Midnight and Apollo number one, written by Steve Orlando, art by Fernando Blanco, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Midnighter's back, and this time he's brought Apollo with him for a rollicking good time. Actually, it's a pretty brutal issue, which starts out with the usual Steve Orlando nonsense. But when it settles down and gets personal, I found myself liking it more than I thought I would. We are reintroduced to friends and enemies, and just when you think Midnighter might have all his wishes come true, all of his wishes, everything goes to hell, especially Apollo. Yeah, I actually like it a little more, but the issue starts off with a scene in L.A. They're in Los Angeles. And there is a train station. And I don't know. It's a funny thing. You have this train station. And it looks like there's a lady running. And it looks like she's jogging. All hell's breaking loose. Somebody is throwing what appears to be a kid in the air. I don't know what's going there. And then you see a pirate jumping down into the rails. And I thought, oh, what the hell is going on? But yeah, somebody's yelling, Ryan, get off the tracks. You hear that? The trains are coming. And then you see a guy who looks like... Uh, I don't know. He looks like CM Punk dressed up like Fred Flintstone. That's how I could describe him. But he's in the train track. They're on the train track, and a fist comes, and you know right away. That's Midnighter asking the fist questions, my friends. And he punches this guy right in the face. And basically, this is where you go, you know, on your marks, get set, go with this hokey dialogue. And as the train goes, Midnighter and this guy are yelling at each other. And Midnighter wants to know, these guys, the subway pirates, the quote-unquote subway pirates, seem to have kidnapped some children. And Midnighter wants to know what's, what's, that, what's going on with that because he doesn't like it. You know, that some people just don't like when people kidnap children. I don't know. If, if this guy, this fucking Fred Flintstone guy came in right now, I might give him two of my kids. They can go. I, I need some free time. Kids asking me to make dinner. I just had to make dinner right before this. Freaking nonsense getting in the way of comics. But yeah, this guy says to Midnighter, like, hey, don't matter what you hurt, Midnighter, the God train is fueled and rising fast. Think of what, what, what are you talking about? A train is rising fast, huh? And this train, and then, then you see a train coming at them. It's about to hit them. I'm like, I don't know. Is that the God train? I don't know what they're talking about. And that's when Midnighter, Midnighter says, you know, hey, you subway pirates must take guts to ride a death train. What is going on? Uh, but then the guy responds, and I, I just, I have to read some of this dialogue. I hate just reading dialogue uh, for this, but this is where the best comes from this guy. He's like, kids are in hand where only Captain Halfbeard knows. Oh, Captain Halfbeard, huh? And he's well protected from you. You're a tough bastard, Midnighter, but even you can't whip a holy wagon full of the worst murder boys to ever kiss the third rail. Yeah. A holy wagon full of the worst murder boys to ever kiss the third rail. I, I don't. This is a guy who looks like he hasn't taken a shower in in a month. He's wearing what appears to be a, a fucking. I'm telling you, a Fred Flintstone fucking outfit. Yet he's talking like that. A holy wagon full of the worst murder boys to ever kiss the third rail. I'm, his teeth are missing from midnight or hitting him. I would not guess if I would look. Now, looks can be deceiving. I know. You see this guy. I would not bet that this guy would know a three-syllable word, yet he's talking like some fucking gutter trash Shakespeare in this hokey dialogue that drives me insane. 
But yeah, he ends up, this guy is not long for this world anyway. Even then, this guy's talking like he's some goddamn English professor, yet there's a train coming, and you find out in two more panels that the motherfucker gets run over by a train. He can't even have the sense to jump out of the fucking way. But yeah, Midnighter, in the meantime, jumps back, and it is awesome dialogue. Uh, Fernando Blanco does a great job in this next two panels, or next page, it's a full page with a bunch of panels, uh, where he shows Midnighter jumping into this murder train and pretty much decapitating guys, impaling them, punching them, kicking them, just going to town. And the thing that I liked about this was in that canceled Midnighter series, Aiko did a lot of the main art. And how he did the art was very similar to this. It was a lot of like little panels that would show things and and stuff like that. But it got very confusing. Fernando Blanco seems to be trying to get that magic of that art here. And to me, it's it's a little more magical because I understand what's going on. It's not confusing. It's really good. Uh, and it's not just smoke and mirrors. I, I had said that before in the original series that I thought that when Aiko's art was more of uh, it, what didn't help the story, it kind of uh, became more confusing than it should have been. I know a lot of people loved it, so this might be blasphemy to them, but I like this a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Midnighter's just brutal. And he ends up at the end and he kicks a guy through the end of the train and it is half beard. He yells out half beard. And if you look, the guy has half a beard, half a hair. He has like dreadlocks and one that's shaved on the side. It's a freaking half beard. Uh, what made me laugh though is when I shave and I have to shave often. I'm a hairy fella. And when I have to shave, my kids now are already ready. Once I shave, they want to see these, this crazy freaking shit that I shave. And a lot of times the half beard, not that I'm trying to be this, this fucking piece of crap, but I'd have the half beard. And then I walk down, I always walk down uh, stairs and like, Hey guys, what's going on? And then they see me and go nuts. But yeah, at this point, half beard falls out of the train. A midnighter is going to find out where these kids are. So he says, he, you know, usually you'd say, hey, listen, you piece of shit, where are these kids? Not midnighter. He says, simple question, lose upright mobility with each wrong answer. Like, what, why are you talking like that? I think that a lot of times the problem with midnighter is when he's going around doing his thing, he talks like this and nobody knows what he means. And this is why he has to beat up people and kill them because they're like, what? And then he's, you say what one more time, motherfucker? Like, it's, I'm telling you, why do you have this, this dialogue? And it goes on, we get even worse when Midnighter finally then says, the kids where? And here's where Halfbeard, who again, this guy doesn't look like he's showered in a year. It's just a piece of crap. And yet this is his talk. The God train runs on innocence. Giving up those kids, I'd be serving up the heart of my own rusty God. That'll ne- that I'll never do. So bust my blind cheeks, Midnighter, and die soon. There'll be no stopping our god today. Uh, I'm, I wish that I was just hanging out on the side and I could, I could kill both of these guys. Because this, this talk, it's just ridiculous. Uh, in the meantime, I also laugh because these guys, even the, the first guy, they know Midnighter. They have called him by his name. Why are you messing with Midnighter? Midnighter, if you know him, you know what he's going to do. And what he's going to do to you is not good. He's not just going to shake your hand and, uh, you know, send you to the police station. Uh, He's going to go to town. 
But yeah, he has him there, and that's where Midnighter says, a god, good thing I brought my own. And that's where you realize at this point then that what they're talking about with this freaking god train is actually a pretty... I don't know. It's cool, but it's not. It looks like a Transformer. It looks like one of the worst Transformers I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I like the Transformer. I always tell Eric, I like the Transformer that's a milk truck that turns into an ice cream truck. Or maybe a Transformer I would like would be a food truck that sells tacos, and then it transforms into a food truck that sells hamburgers. Because then it just transforms, and every time I'm, I'm, if I want a hamburger, hamburger then i want to talk about taco but yeah all of a sudden there's apollo hitting a train transformer with another train and that is the cold open because that is the credit page so you get it this beginning was more of i think an introduction of just to show you how brutal apollo or not apollo midnighter can be and then also introduce hey look at apollo he's a god he's flying i mean he is he's a solar powered fucking alien god he he's awesome i love apollo i love i love midnighter as well and i know that people who are listening to the podcast or reading our reviews or my reviews of midnighter will, will be saying like oh my god you hated midnighter i don't hate midnighter i like the character i love the character of apollo and i love them together just don't like Steve Orlando's dialogue. That really is. And if you read that issue or that series before, the whole series tended to lose focus at one point, and you didn't know what was going on. It started off with this god tech that from the god garden that, that Midnighter was made in, and he would go. He was going to try to collect it, and then they kind of lost track of that. But that's fine. That's that's not here nor there, because then there is the aftermath of the god train where apollo goes and finds midnighter midnighter has gotten these kids out they were walled up in the subway station and he tells them they're okay you know we'll find homes if you don't have homes we'll find your parents whatnot and we'll go on and that's you also see the police show up and basically there are a thousand people seem to be dead like midnighter killed everybody in this whole place and these people are even collecting and saying, boy, that's Midnighter. Uh, you know, aren't you afraid that he's going to kill us? And then, no, no, we, we're not pieces of shit. We didn't kidnap kids. Uh, they do mention a thing that if you don't know anything about Midnighter going into this, the thing that they're going to press all the time, and Steve Orlando uh, really does try to remind you of it a lot, is that he does have a quote-unquote fight computer. His brain is a fight computer. It can see things ahead of time. It can it basically it computes every move and can kind of work ahead. And yeah, they're like, hey, he has a, com a computer for a brain. He's supposed to kill. Uh, but then out of nowhere, you do see that old half beard is dead. They are putting him in a body bag. You never really saw that happening. Um, but yeah, it looks like Midnighter did kill him. Uh, this all ends with them going off to Opal City. And I, this is where I really like the issue. It starts to pick up. And actually, I say pick up. It actually tones itself down a bit. You get a little personal deal with Midnighter and Apollo just being themselves. They're having a dinner party, and they're having it with their guy, Tony, who, if you had read the other issues, uh, you know he is a bartender and a bar that Midnighter goes to a lot. And Marina, and Marina is a pretty cool character in that last series. She, her husband 
died because of this company doing some, you know, illegal pharmaceuticals, if, if I remember right. And she went into the company and pretty much was going to kill everybody involved. And she used this God tech. And this is where Midnighter was going around trying to gather this God tech. And she had it. So he showed up to stop her and then realized, listen, you know, she's doing something that you could imagine her doing. But she's going about it the wrong way. You can't kill people just because of that. She ended up getting arrested, but Midnighter told her, listen, I'm going to make sure you get a fair trial. I'm going to make sure and when you get out of jail, I will be there to pick you up. And she kind of became his kind of like an oracle type thing. She'd be back t talking to him. And it was good because it was something to give a back and forth uh, with Midnighter. But she's there. It's great. She even says, listen, uh, you know what? I'm... Uh, I'm on the scene again, uh, talks about even with her, uh, you know, when my husband Pat uh, died, it was weird, I keep looking for my wedding ring, but you know what, I'm going to go on, I'm going to start dating again, which is kind of leading into Midnighter and Apollo as well, because they had broken up that last series, and then now they're kind of getting back together, I really like it, uh, they're having this dinner party, and they're talking about Midnighter, it's funny, because everybody's talking, Midnighter's just sitting there, and as they're talking, they're pretty much talking, like making fun of Midnighter. Like, oh, you know what? He's always doing this, and he's a hard ass. He doesn't have any feelings or whatever. Midnighter finally is like, yo, guys, uh, you know, I'm right here. And I have some, you know, I'm trained to kill you if I want to. And it's a pretty funny scene. But I do like seeing uh, Marina and Tony. It was pretty cool. And Tony as well knows Apollo and Midnighter's background and their their history. So he even says, you know what? Things are looking good between you two. You know, use that fight computer that in your head, your computer brain to see what can happen and whatever. And, and I really like the point where Midnighter says, you know what? That's what fucked up our relationship before. I'm going to go. We're going to go with this. I'm just going to let things happen. And I really like that. And I really do like those two together. And speaking of together, if you're not aware at this point in the book that Midnighter and Apollo are lovers, uh, you're going to find out really quick because the, the clothes start flying off and they go. And I will tell you that uh, Steve Orlando is very, very good at subtly having these scenes. This, it's not, he does not do this book as a way to, it's not even like an agenda. I'm trying to say I don't want to offend any, what he he's just doing it. It's natural. And it feels very natural for these characters, for them to go to bed, make love. It's not anything over the top. It's not supposed to be in your face. He's not pushing anything. It's just these characters, and he does it very, very well. And I really like it, the way he does it in this especially. And if you are a fan of Midnight or Apollo, it's great to see them together. And afterwards, uh, they're talking. And there's a weird thing, though, because that's when Apollo says... You know, I don't know about those kids seeing all that stuff with those subway pirates. And it made it almost seem like they saw Midnighter killing people, but they were walled up in the subway. I don't know what he, maybe he meant when they come out and see the aftermath. I'm not sure. But really, what was going on, I think Midnighter did what he had to do. But he says, listen, I am a, I'm, a I'm, I'm made to kill the best I can do is point myself in the right direction and kill the right people and then, you know, whatever. And that's when Apollo says, you know, I'm here to make you better. And that's really what he is. He is the light to Midnighter's Dark. It, it is very similar to the Superman Batman. It's obvious that that's what they were originally anyway. 
Um, but I like them together. And I do like that whole thing that Midnighter has somebody there who's trying to make him a better guy. And Midnighter wants to be better. It, it, Midnighter isn't a guy who's like, screw you. I'm going to do this. He's kind of a guy who doesn't know what else to do because he has been made to do this. And he's been made that by the gardener, who I've mentioned this god gardener, and also Henry Bendix. And that's a big thing. Bendix is uh, in this book, and he comes out now, where you go out of this scene to the Oblivion Bar, and the Oblivion Bar is a thing in the DCU where a lot of magic users hang out like a blue devil. I think Detective Chimp even hangs out there, which is pretty cool. Um, but you see these people being asked, kind of, you, you get the idea, they're being asked to, and since it's a book, you know, they're being asked to go after Midnight or Apollo, both of them, and or whatever. But you see these pretty cool characters. There's Alakazoom, Blackbire Thorn, Mr. Greystone. They're all, they're like, no, 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 I'm not interested in that. You have Faust, Raman, uh, Kulak, and Extrano. I don't know if it's Extrano, Extrano, but uh, it's funny because Extrano uh, even says, no one's called me that in years, few or live, but he was a, a past uh, gay character as well. It's kind of funny to kind of throw him in there. It's a pretty cool shout out. Um, but what you get is that it's it's Bendix. He's trying to get somebody to go and attack Midnighter and Apollo and these crazy zombie people uh, agree so then Bendix like, okay, you know what? I got this for you. This will be the payment. And it's a gun, the Ace of Winchesters, which the description is it's crafted by a mad Texas ranger from the steel of a halo, the bones of saints, and infernal gemstones. It's pretty freaking cool. But yeah, Bendix, if you don't know Bendix, he looks like Lobot from freaking Empire Strikes Back. So he's crazy, though. But he goes off then and doors back to his little lair, and in the meantime, like, he goes really over the top. There's uh, almost like a Calyx kind of AI going. And he goes in and really wants to know if he's there by himself. He does not want. And you know that it's Midnighter that he's afraid is going to be there. Um, in the meantime, we go with Midnighter who gets up, Apollo's asleep, and he doors out. And he is going to go all over the place. And he is going to find out. He wants to know where Bendix is. And he is he's pressing the flesh. He is beating the crap out of people. He, he's doing some pretty crazy-ass things just to find out where Bendix is. He finds out. And one of the big things, too, is uh, Mala and the Brain are involved. That's funny. Uh, Midnighter has a, a knife right up to the brain and he wants to know where Bendix is finally he finds out and he goes in he he gets to Bendix and Bendix is funny because he does not seem that upset he you know you you really think that he should be petrified Midnighter comes in he is bloody and torn up and instead of freaking out Bendix just says Rose which is the the AI lock the doors and they lock it. He cannot door out. Midnighter's stuck there with him now. And you're like, what's going on? This is weird. Like, you, I wouldn't want to get stuck in a, in a room with, with Midnighter when he's all pissed off. Uh, they, you go back to Opal City, and you see that all hell is breaking loose. People are getting killed, and uh, Apollo's saving them. And that's where Midnighter sees Apollo on a video screen and says, oh, no, Apollo, no. And you get the idea. He knows what's going to happen. The fight computer is full out now. And you see all of a sudden these bullets go, which you would think it's from that gun. 
and they hit Apollo, and he starts to disappear. He, he almost becomes, it's almost like the solar flare at one point. I'm like, oh, here we go. But yeah, he starts to disappear, and boom, all of a sudden you get elsewhere, and light starts coming. You see it's a fetal position Apollo. He doesn't know where he is, and you have a, um, a voiceover talking to him. I don't know who it is, but yeah, he looks like he's in hell, and it basically says, you know, Picture your heart's desire. This is the, the villain at the end. That moment you felt the world fit perfectly around you and all your happiness spiral backward and forward through the time from that instant. Know that you will never reach it again. And he is there and he says, we're going to, now let's see if we can put out that light, shall we? And yeah, they're going to go and they're going to attack and there's demons and shit. It looks like he is in a hell and it does not look good. And it says next issue is hell to pay. And I have to tell you, I really like this issue. I like everything from after that stupid-ass Transformer. I'm in. I really like it. And even then, from that point on, when Steve Orlando doesn't seem to be trying to make an over-the-top action movie out of the Midnighter comic, he does a really good job. Uh, Even in the last series, you had Prometheus, which uh, at one point Midnighter was kind of in love with him. They were doing this thing. And just the little things with them were good. But when he gets this over-the-top crap, it's just, it's not good. And I like the art here. I like the art throughout. I think it's very good. And really, like I said, after that point, it's good. I gave it a 7.5 on the site. And if if you are a bit interested in Midnight or Apollo, whatever, uh, check it out because I really like it. I hope that it continues as good. I think that maybe this is Steve Orlando like really getting a grip on, on how he wants to tell the story, and hopefully it will even get better. But, yeah, I gave it a 7.5, but I will tell you uh, what we're going to talk about on the main podcast if everybody gets their internets up and and all this craziness, I don't know. We, we have uh, not a lot of books this week, but some good ones. I don't know. Actually, I say that I didn't really like my books this week. I was not a huge fan. I, I had one 8 out of 10. I won't even tell you what it is. But here's what we are going to talk about on the main podcast if you tune in on Sunday night when, we, when that drops, as they say. Uh, Aquaman number 8, Batman number 8, the Monster Men story that continues. Cyborg number 2. Dead Man, The Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, number one. Forbidden Love. Death of Hawkman, uh, number one. Green Arrow, number eight. Green Lanterns, number eight, which I'm telling you, I put it on Twitter. One of the, my favorite covers I've ever seen. Even though people think the kids on that cover look crazy, I, it just made me laugh and smile. Harley Quinn, number five. He-Man Thundercats, number one which I did read for tonight. We were going to make that the spotlight, and I did read it, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, Justice League number six, which I told everybody leading up to this week that I thought was a little better than usual. Midnighter and Apollo number one, I told you. I think we're going to talk about this with me and Eric uh, again. I don't think I'm going to put just this audio of me again. I just wanted to put something up for the spotlight. Nightwing number six, again, the Monster Men. Superman number eight, and Reggie will mention the Flintstones number four. He, he's forcing us to, to mention the Flintstones because he liked it so much. Uh, but yeah, that is the spotlight. I'm not going to go on and on and do crazy things because I don't like talking with just me. I don't like being the only man on the show, but I hope I didn't annoy you that much. I don't even remember. I know that basically on this one we say...
Spotlight out. Actually, it's Spotlight off.